Hi everyone, my name is Martin and this is Beautiful Minds. My guest today is Devontae Wilson, one of the highest performing athletes we've ever had on the show. Devontae, you've competed across multiple disciplines your whole life, including wrestling, powerlifting, track and American football. In college, you became known as the comeback athlete and released footage of yourself performing incredible athletic stunts, such as jumping over cars and weighted backflips. This unsurprisingly went viral on huge global channels such as Muscle Madness and ESPN, and this helped you become a verified athletic influencer. Currently, today, you're an exercise and nutrition coach with your own platform, which helps elevate the physical conditioning of hundreds of thousands of people worldwide. Devonte, so glad to have you on. Welcome to Beautiful Minds. How are you? How is Australia treating you? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing great. Just got done with a gym session. Uh, I'm working my way back into the gym. I took about a good month off, just um, like before I came into Australia. I wanted to make sure that I maximized the time with my family before I left. And then also, um, so my first week of being in Australia, I went to <laughs> I went to go do some parkour with some of my pro parkour friends. And I flipped off this mat and I landed on the concrete and I hurt my tailbone. So I kind of been resting a little bit, but now I'm back at it. Uh, I'm getting better. I give myself about a week or two until I'm fully healed up again. Okay, but good. yeah, that was a, a humble experience. It reminded me of how much the ground sucks whenever you mess up. <laughs> yeah, you always talk about, um you know, failing and never giving up and then bouncing back. Even in your Instagram, it says the comeback, right? Mm -hmm. Is that something that's been reoccurring since your early life? Yeah, so early on in life, I've, um, like, for an example, growing up as a kid, I was always sick. Uh, it got to the point where the doctors knew me by name. So, oh, <laughs> want to again? It's like, yep, it's him again. What is it this time? Well, it's just his asthma. But, um, yeah, the, the comeback is basically about every time that I got injured, I took it as a, a, a growth lesson. It's like, okay, what why would I why would I have gotten injured? And then it allows me to sit back and and look at the situation. It's like, it's hard to reflect on things whenever you're constantly in motion. Yeah. And then whenever an injury happens, it's like God taking you out and sitting you down so that you can reflect on things because it's hard to grow whenever you're not reflecting. Okay. So talk us through like a daily schedule for you when it comes to training and eating, and then we can compare that against what it's like when you're injured so we can see how you treat that injury, injury as an opportunity to grow and reflect okay so uh, a daily training schedule for me i get up about 11 p.m it's between 11 p.m and 1 a.m uh to so I, I set alarms for that okay and so whenever i wake up i go ahead and i turn on the lights and i'll, I'll eat about five to ten almonds only reason why i do that is so that um, my vitamins and my B12 pills, since I'm vegan, uh, it'll maximize the absorption that I can get because, you know, there, there's fat-soluble vitamins and then water-soluble vitamins. Yeah. So with, by me taking a source of fat, it'll allow my body to absorb more. Yeah. So I'll do that. 
and then I'll go ahead and put on some clothes, uh, make sure my headphones are charged, and then I'll walk a mile and a half to go to the gym. And then uh, it's like the 24-hour gym that I go to here. And also uh, here in Australia, violence is pretty much non-existent. That's uh, good. Like, <laughs> there's like no guns here and it's very chill and it's like me being placed out into nature so I get time to relax going on that mile and a half walk to the gym and then whenever I ride to the gym I make sure that I roll out first because that, is, that gets your body prepped for what's about to happen to it Yeah. so I make sure that I warm up uh, like I always do jump rope before everything because yeah. jump rope is gets the whole body warm. Yeah, same. And then after that, I work the body from the feet up. And then I work out. Okay. And then after I get done working out, I go ahead and roll out again. And then I'll take the same mile and a half walk back. <laughs> and then and then I'll go ahead and uh, usually I'll have a smoothie. Yeah. And then uh, with uh, the smoothie, I make sure that I get in some blueberries for the antioxidants. And also sea moss, sea moss and bladder I, I got this uh, this powder of it. Uh, actually, I'm using that as my stand as we speak. But uh, <laughs> it's it's called bladder and sea moss. So sea moss has 92 out of the 102 uh, minerals that the body needs in order to function. And so whenever you put that into a smoothie, you just power packing it. So it's it's very nutrient dense. And uh, so what CMOS combined with Bladderac does, the, C, uh, the Bladderac, think of it as a garbage disposal. It's, it's clearing out all of the, the bacteria that's in the gut. It's, it's removing that. And then the CMOS puts all the nutrients back in. So it's like a two-for-one combo. Okay. So I make sure that I put that in all my smoothies. I just got to make sure that it's very flavorful because you don't want your smoothie to taste like fish water. No, no, so, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, And then after that, I go ahead and uh, get, get ready to go to school. So I got to catch the, the train to the bus station. And then after that, I'll get um, shuttled to the campus and then I start class. Okay. And then when you were living in the States... I'm, I'm assuming you got up at a similar time. You're an early riser, training in the mornings, and then you do the mm -hmm. same thing, go to school, and then I assume you'd be competing for your college, and then somehow you'd have to balance that level of competitiveness with your studies and your family. When you get injured, how does that change? So whenever I get injured, I kind of take myself out of everything so i kind of isolate myself a little bit okay um not not in a negative way it's like yeah. i understand that an injury happens for a reason as long as you look at it from a growing standpoint you'll always overcome the injury it's like okay sometimes whenever um whenever you get injured it gives you an eye-opening experience on the areas that you've been neglecting. For an, an example, whenever, let, let's say you, you pull your groin. Yeah. Then um, you start strengthening it. Then you get your groin strengthened. And then 
by you focusing on strengthening your groin, let's say you pull your hamstring. Mm. You you so it gives you more things. It's like, okay, you gotta it's all about balance, just like life. Life is all about balance. If yeah. you focus so much on one thing, one thing gets neglected. Yeah. So that that's why I love the human body because yeah. it's a constant it's all about balance and it it will give and give you an eye-opening experience on the places that you neglected but uh whenever i get injured i sit back and then i reflect on the situation and then i make sure that my foods that i eat are actually supplying my body nutrients because i understand that the more nutrients that you give the body, the faster it is able to recover on top of rest. But you don't want to just sit there. You want to stay in motion because if you just sit there, then the blood is not being delivered. It's like whenever you have a bottle of water, it's just sitting there. But whenever you tip it, it gets dispensed yeah. around. So that, that's what you got to do with the blood because you can have a whole body full of nutrients but if the blood is not shuttling it, then it's pointless. Talk to us a bit about veganism and how it's impacted your life since you became a vegan. Okay, um, so I'll go ahead and give you a rundown on how it all happened. Sure. Uh, like, <laughs> I get Story asked time. that a I like lot. It. Yeah, it's like, what? Bro, you're vegan? I remember at the track meet, I, uh, I got done competing, and then these guys were like, Bro, man, what's your diet like? like? I'm trying to get like you. I was like, to be honest, bro, I don't, I don't eat meat. It was like, what? Really? And you that big? I was like, <laughs> 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 what can I say? But um, uh, uh, with vegan, we're going vegan. So in high school, I've always been interested on what, what could me going vegan do to my body? And but you know, growing up and you're in high school, you usually don't cook for yourself. You usually have your mom, dad cook. So I was constantly eating the foods that they made. But growing up and getting older, my body started to not really crave meat. So I went from eating meat three times to two times, all the way down to one. Whenever I got all the way down to one, I was just thinking to myself, what can I do? in order to convert and give going vegan a, a try. Because I understand that everybody's experience with um, going vegan or giving it a try is different. And for me personally, I would, I would rather have my own experience than to hear about somebody else's. Yeah. It, it, like you truly don't know about something until you have lived it. So, I was wanting to give myself a chance to live it. So whenever I got all the way down to eating meat one time a day, I did a lot of research on the foods that I could consume in order to still give my body the nutrients that it needed on top of having that, that um, reaching a certain amount of calories so that my body doesn't get, uh, so that my body doesn't go into starvation mode. So whenever I did all the research and then I figured out some foods that I could make in case I, I crave a certain texture that meat gives, 
then I, I ended up um, transitioning. And then whatever I did, it opened up my mind and my eyes on how much there is food-wise that I did not know about. I, I noticed that I was so comfortable eating the way I've always ate. And I didn't experience, um, and I basically put myself in a box. Because like, it's easy to, to eat the same foods if you eat everything. But what if you put yourself in a box to try new things that you have that you didn't even know existed? Yeah, I'm talking about room for growth. Yeah. So whenever I turned vegan, I wanted to see what it would do to my body. Yeah, and and so far, what what I've known so uh, that has happened to me after the year and two months of being vegan. My I noticed that my body's recovery rate is ridiculous. Like my my healing rate is pretty fast, and also um, my energy levels are up. And I honestly I don't get sick, and I do not bloat. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like I I, I remember Thanksgiving. Whenever people, we call it getting the itis. It's when you eat so much that you get tired and then you sleep. Um, my professor back at my school, I did not know this whole time that he was a vegetarian. And he told me, uh, he told the whole class how eating meat causes the body to secrete an enzyme that it doesn't, that it would normally not secrete because of um, whenever you eat meat, the body gets inflamed. And then by secreting that enzyme, it gets you tired in order to get you to go to sleep so that it can work on what you just ate. And then also I noticed um, uh, he explained how whenever you eat meat, it rots in your stomach. And then whenever it rots into your stomach, because our stomach acid isn't strong enough to process it and digest it. So whenever it rots in, in the stomach, that's whenever sicknesses get caused. Yeah. It's so one of the impacts of excess eating, especially during Thanksgiving, is an inflated version of that story, what you just said. So kind of makes sense mm -hmm. as an athlete, you want to watch out for what you're eating. And can you tell us a bit about the responsibility that you need to find alternatives? Because some of these nutrients that are bioavailable in meats, maybe you won't find them in everyday fruit and veg. So you have to go out and search for, you know, the sea mosses, uh, all the additional uh, vegan supplements. Mm -hmm. uh, the the biggest thing that anyone that is going vegan or is thinking about it needs to know is you have to have a B12 supplement because B12 is only bioavailable in wheat. So that was the first thing I, I researched. Okay, what are common things that a, a vegan normally goes through? Uh, iron deficiency. B12, I made sure that my foods are high in both of those. Yeah. And what I like about going, um, about going vegan is that whenever I uh, think about eating meat, you have a middleman. You have, let's say, a cow and then the grass that it ate or the grains that it ate. So you got to, uh, the cow has digested all that food and then you digest the cow. 
but you're getting parts of the the nutrients, not the full thing. So going vegan, you go straight to the source. You cut out the middleman, go straight to the source. Okay. And so you're getting. I, I don't want to. I don't want to be a, a what you call it. Um, I don't want to be biased. I feel. I feel like whenever you you cut out the middleman and you go straight to the source, you're getting the full benefit of it instead of half of it since yeah. it got but um uh what you call it also uh by eating a a diet full of greens and veggie or uh, uh, veggies and fruits you not only get protein you also get micronutrients a lot of people they're so they're so concerned about macros you know your carbs proteins and fats but they're skipping out on the most important is the micronutrients. It's like seeing a big time celebrity. You see the celebrity, but you don't see the team that they have behind them that is helping them reset platform of success. It's like, you could judge, uh, if you want to judge somebody, judge them by the, the people that they keep around them. Yeah. Because without a, a good support system, then it's easy to doubt yourself and go downhill. But Absolutely. When um, but whenever you have a support system, you just you give your you set yourself up for uh, for success. Because whenever you're down to yourself, they build you up. Yeah. They remind you, hey, hey, that's not that's not how we think around here. They they constantly keep you level headed. That's okay. why I, I really I really feel like if you if you surround yourself with people that have big goals, you're not gonna set little goals. You're gonna, you're gonna be catapulted into having to think, okay, I need to have big goals too. Because you're, you got that, you got that competition and also you got that friendly environment to where they're not gonna let you fall behind. So we're not gonna let you be mediocre. We're all wanting to be great. You're gonna if you want to be with us, you're gonna have to be great too. So it kind of holds you accountable as well. So I'm looking at some of your stats here um, that I fetched out. We're looking at a 52 inch box jump off of one leg. We're looking at 540 pounds uh, planks. That's about 245 kilos. Mm -hmm. We're looking at 500 pound squats. That's about 225 kilos. We're looking at 60 meters sprints in 6.99 seconds. Bearing in mind the world record is about 6.34. Dragon flags with 135 pounds. It's about 62 kilos. And now you've just mentioned support and the people around you. Who supports you? Who's been your main source of inspiration um, when it comes to tackling some of these stats? and exceeding beyond them because i know you're going to beat them as well so be interesting to know um uh so you said uh my 60 was 6.97 6.99 i saw 6.99 is actually 6.84 i ran i ran wow. a 6.84 and went to nationals last year wow so that that that's that is old but okay. uh, my new that's one getting updated <laughs> yeah yeah no problem no problem I just thought I'd throw that out there. But whenever I 
I get to that point of where I need to tackle something and overcome something, I think of my mom because growing up, uh, my brother and I's dad, he was gone because he was in the military. So he was constantly deployed. Okay. And our mom had to be both the mom and dad, but she understood that she couldn't raise her two boys on how to be men, but she knew that she could raise us into being gentlemen. And I ha and our mom would have a, a daytime and a nighttime job, but she always made sure that her two boys did not want for anything. She always took care of us. No matter how tired she was, she hustled. And that that's one thing that I keep in mind is to never let grass go, uh, to never let grass grow um, underneath my feet. Because what that means is you're constantly moving. You're constantly yeah. going after what you want. Uh, that, that's why she, she made sure that she imprinted in my head, we're go-getters. We go get what we want. And one thing about me is, uh, one saying that I say in all of my posts, but like always, is grind time. Grind time to me is not a, it's not a saying or a catchphrase, it's a lifestyle. So how I, I view it is like, let's say you're about to get evicted out of your house. What are you gonna do? You're gonna just sit around and let it happen? Now nah, you're gonna it's it's grind time. You're gonna do what you gotta do in order to be able to stay in your house. That's how I view it. Grind time is a mentality. Uh, uh, you go play a sport and you get injured. What are you gonna do? You just gonna give up on everything, or are you gonna fight to come back? Grind time and be in the comeback. Those two class together. Whenever it's grind time, you think about coming back. But not only coming back, you're going to come back even better. Because where you was before is what got you injured in the first place. So you want to build on that and be better. So that's one thing that I constantly think. I think of my why. My why is, um, so in high school, I noticed that favoritism slash politics is big. You got these talented kids that aren't being played because somebody else's name is bigger than theirs. Somebody else's family name holds more weight. And that was a situation that happened to me. And so what I did was in uh, my senior year, I ended up quitting football because I got tired of being given false promises. And so that year, whenever I quit football, I, I focused on wrestling. And then that year, I, I had the best wrestling season of my life. I went 38-4. and four. I, um, I went against a two-time All-American in state. I lost against him. And then we went up against each other for third and fourth place, and I pinned him. So I ended up – I ended my senior season with a win. And so – yeah. yeah, and I got the – uh, so for me to end up going against that same guy, I had to go through the back door. We call it back door. Basically, you're the underdog. One more loss and you're out of the tournament. Say like, no, we we didn't come this far just to come this far. It's grind time, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I made sure that I beat everybody in order to get a rematch. And then whenever I got that rematch, I noticed that 
he warmed up by sitting down. And that really ate me up. Uh, one thing about me is me and a cocky person, we don't mix. Because I'm very humble, and I understand the difference between confidence and being cocky. Yeah. Like, Gross under your feet, yeah. Exactly. So being confident in yourself, you're still aware of the opponent that you're facing. But being cocky, you're just like, ah, I beat him once. I got it. So whenever he wound up sitting down, that, that really ate me up. I was like, okay, bet. I got something for you. I'm going to give you what you want. And so that match, um, I ended up, I, I cross-faced him. I slammed him out of bounds. I made sure that he knew that he was messing with the wrong one. It's like, what, it's like that extra boost. Him doubting me and and him being cocky only fueled my flame. Instead of letting it get to me, I used it as motivation. And then I also have the crowd behind me too. And that was just a recipe for success. I was like, oh yeah, this is my match to win. And then when I beat him, I I celebrated and I hit a flip. And then I remember the ref was like, you know, that that's gonna uh you know uh that's not sports like right i said man man it's my it's my last match like yeah and then um, how did you get back into football so getting back into football this could be a long story but i'll i'll try to keep it short so getting back into football um i i picked this college called the university of kansas the reason why i picked that college was because they're the underdogs in football. All they can do is go up. And that really resonated with me because I'm the underdog. I was slept on in high school, but I built my way up to show people, hey, this guy has something to offer. And I'm not even talking about athleticism. I'm talking about something that's hard to measure, and that's hard. And so whenever I arrived to the University of Kansas, I wanted to at least walk on. I understand that if I was to walk on and get cut, at least I know I tried. But if I don't, if I'm not given the chance, then that's something that I'm not willing to live with. At least see what I have to offer before you cut me short. And so what happened was I was given a false promise by the walk-on coordinator at the University of Kansas. He let me know, hey, there's, there's a walk-on tryout for people like you that are uh, in your situation that is combine style, you know, 40-yard dash, vertical jump, broad jump, things like that. I was like, if it's, if it's going to be coordinated like that, I'm going to blow it out the water. Because my vertical in high school was 42, uh, 42 and a half, I believe. Yeah, 42 and a half. My 40-yard dash was a 4-4 flat. And that's that's uh most of the stuff that i got and so i was just thinking thinking to myself well he's about to he's in for a a surprise and so and i remember uh he said at the beginning of march i remember this date like it was yesterday because a big part of my life to why i am in the position i am in today and so 
something in my heart told me whenever March 1st came to not walk up there, call him instead. And so whenever I called him, he, he let me know, hey, yeah, there's nothing I can do for you because you don't have high school film. And that bothered me because I looked at the qualifications. All it required was for you to have a 2.5 GPA and for you to be a full-time student on campus. And so that really bothered me. Kept the, kept the phone call short and sweet, uh, said bye. And then the first thing that all I could think of was got to let my parents know. So I called and I let my mom know, hey, you know, this, this is what happened. And she was like, Devonte, do you mind if I step in? I was like, Mom, I don't think there's anything that you can do. And then she was like, Devonte, do I have your permission to step in? I was like, all right, Mom, go ahead. And so she called me back, and she was like, Devonte, who's Coach Bill Snyder? And I was like, Mom, wrong college. That's Kansas State University, not University of Kansas. And she was like, oh. And then she, uh, she found the head coach's email, and she saw she sent him an email. First, she had me approve it first, and then she sent it to him. And her email hit me. And so whenever she sent it to him, it hit him because it let him know, hey, you know, I don't know if we have kids, but as a mom, it really hurt me because it shouldn't matter if my son is the biggest, fattest, slowest kid on the block or fastest, he still deserves a chance to try out. That's all he's asking. He's not being, he's not asking you to, hey, put me on your team. All he's asking for is, hey, let me at least try out. Just, just see what I have. And next thing I know, I, I was given a call by um, one of his assistants and I scheduled a meeting. Um, and it, it was during um, uh, spring break. The assistant, called me and said, hey, uh, do you think that you could come down at this time? I was like, uh, to be honest, uh, could we uh, work it out um, after spring break? Because I, I hardly get to see my family and I don't want to take time away from them. It was like, yeah, totally, I understand. So after spring break, I got to meet the head coach and the head coach was a really nice guy. He let me know that there was more than enough room on the roster and he didn't think that was a bad kid. Um, and that was, that was the end of that conversation. So before I could practice with the team, I had to fill out all this paperwork and I had to get two physicals, one from any doctor, the one from their specific. And then I had to fill out this paperwork that I need individual signatures from different people across the campus. And, and it's a big campus. And it's hard to find people in their office like everybody's just everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so it took me a little while. But um after I got all of that done, the paperwork, everything, there's only three spring ball practices left. And it's hard to really get um it's hard to really see what someone has to offer in three days when you have guys that you've been working with for months. So I was put I was placed on a roster super late and the spring ball game was in three days and then with that with those three days my class schedule also clashed with it so it was really hard for them to see what I have to offer but in those practices one practice the head coach 
threw me three passes and those three touchdowns on the starters. The starting defense because I was on the the um, I was on the my goodness, it's been a minute since I played football. <laughs> uh, I was on the the scout offense and I was playing wide receiver and. To score on on D one athletes when you didn't even get a chance to play in high school, that says a lot. Yeah. And so, um, after the spring ball game, I remember uh, the running back coach. He he was like, "Wilson, where are you?" I I couldn't see these people are tall at this level. I said Wilson, where are you? Then one of you see me. He's like. Get in there. And and I did not know the play at all. But all I see was the quarterback turned and I grabbed it. And I I I believe I got one yard. But I didn't even know that I was gonna get the ball. I was like, whoa, okay, this is different. But I didn't even feel the tackle. Like it felt sweet to me. I was like, okay, this is nice. Uh so after the spring ball game, I remember I gave away my jersey and everything. And the running back coach, he didn't get to see what I was doing uh, on scout offense. So he ended up releasing me because he said he didn't know what I could do. And I remember he called me into his office and he let me know the news. And I said, dang. All right. um, So I went to go clean out my locker. And as I'm cleaning out my locker, I'm thinking to myself, Devontae, it's crazy how you can work so hard for an opportunity just to have it snatched out of your hands. And then I told myself, you can either let this get you down or you can do something about it. So that summer at 19 years old, I did a bunch of crazy stuff. I jumped out of the pool, I jumped over my car, I jumped on my dad's SUV, I jumped with 135 all the way up to 405 going for height. I did a whole bunch of stuff. And then that caught on. I remember the first time I was posted on the on Bar Stars, and then I was posted on Frank Madrano's page, and then Jeff Sees, and then a whole bunch of other people. The next thing I know, I got Bleacher Report reaching out to me. Then they post me. And then I had someone that worked with ESPN email me on my college email. So, Hank, uh, we would like to use some of these clips. Uh, is it okay if we do? We'll credit you. So yeah, sure, just tag me. And next thing I know, I'm on Sports Center. And I remember whenever I got placed on Sports Center, I was in my nutrition class from seven to nine thirty. And I'm on I had an iPhone 5S at that time. So I'm in the lecture hall and I'm just on my phone and then I put it down. And then my phone starts lighting up. It starts lighting up to the point where my notifications would drop. And then the phone would freeze, and then they'll do it again. And then I checked. I was like, "Oh, I'm on Sports Center," and then I end up on World Star and a whole bunch of other things. And then I had people text me, "Hey, bro, you going viral?" I was like, "What?" Yeah. And I remember, um, over like within 30 minutes, I went up 25,000. I was just like whoa, I never seen that number. I was just jumping. It was crazy. Yeah, that but, was about five years ago. I remember that. Yeah. That's actually when uh, I think I started following you and then 
I remember thinking, God, this this guy can do some stuff, you know. And uh, I just <laughs> want to know, actually, what what made you use everyday objects like cars and um, and just being a bit more creative and imaginative? Did anyone inspire you to do that, or did you just think, okay, how can I get people's attention with my athletics? Uh, so uh, it wasn't even me thinking, how can I get anybody's attention? It was more like I'm gonna show them that I'm not your average person I see. because i never got to showcase my athleticism to them they never got to see it so whenever all that happened i was just thinking they slept on me i'm gonna give them something to wake up yeah some coffee and then yeah. i did a whole bunch of crazy things and what's crazy is out of all the crazy things that i've done i've never got hurt and i've never got hurt by doing them I get, I get hurt. I've gotten hurt off the simple things. It, it, it's, it's just crazy. It's like my body is meant to do crazy stuff. If I do something simple, I'll probably get hurt. What was your reaction from the coaches? Oh, so I think the coaches had a lot of pride. Uh, it, it's, it's hard to taste the truth when you're choking on your pride. Yeah. So I remember to this day, um, there was a reporter on campus uh, that was going around asking the students, hey, name a football coach or some of the players, and nobody can name anybody, but my name popped up. And I was just like, whoa, that's crazy. I wasn't even on the roster anymore. And it was like a slap in the face for them and me because they let go of something, and I wasn't even on the team anymore. It's like you had a diamond in the rough the whole time, but you just didn't give it a chance to shine. At that point, did your why change? The reason for believing in yourself, the reason for working so hard, did it change? Did it give you a new purpose? Um, I've always had purpose. Uh, my why is bigger than the sport itself. I, I've always been a firm believer of, Success happens when nobody is looking. Just because I went viral, that doesn't mean, like, what went viral doesn't define me. What didn't go viral is what defines me. All the hours of work behind the scenes, the constant setbacks, and having to overcome my own self-doubt, and having to um and having to remember hey you got purpose and i remember telling myself over and over god wouldn't have a place to dream in your heart if he didn't give you all the tools that you need in order to fulfill it and it's just constant reassuring yourself reassuring yourself because whenever you get down and out it could be a dark place so whenever i've gotten into those times i've always came out a stronger and better person so my why never changed that's amazing and now in australia what's your main focus um so my main focus i remember um whenever i first arrived here i wanted to have my website built so before i came over here i remember in august i flew somebody out to uh, my house like whatever little money I had because I wasn't working, I was focusing on school and I was just 
relaxed before I was supposed to leave. And so I flew somebody out. Uh, we're, we're, not, we're no longer friends due to the situation. So he was supposed to record all my videos, build my website, and like help me uh, advertise and all that. And so what happened was he, he filmed my videos. And then after he got all that, he kind of went ghost on me. And that didn't sit too well with me because I took him under my wing. Uh, my mom, uh, he met my mom, my family, my close friends. And just to kind of slap me in the face like that, it didn't sit well because you met my family. And we cooked his favorite meal, all this stuff. And it's it's just crazy how whatever whenever people get what they want, they kind of leave. And so it was it was just a an eye-opening experience for me. So whenever all that happened, I felt like I didn't have control over my future because I I had a lot of people asking me, hey, Devonta, you still making those programs, everything? I've been interested for years because I waited five years. I waited till I was done competing in college to offer. Because whenever you're competing in college and you're trying to sell things, they can take away your eligibility and make you ineligible. And so whenever that happened, I got down and out. Um, I remember I was sitting in the kitchen and my mom was like, hey, Devonta, what's wrong? I said, nothing, mom. I, I'm all good. And they said, Devonta, what, what's going on? And then I, I told her. And she dropped one of the best motivational speeches on me. And it was all just freestyling. And it, she put all the right words together. And I kid you not, she, she opened my closed eyes. And that night that she did that, I told her, you know what? You're right. So I remember I charged my GoPro camera and I took a little nap. And then from like 12 or, or 2 a.m., I went to the gym and I recorded all 500 plus videos. That whole day, I, I, I missed a few exercises, but that was nothing. I recorded everything that I could remember uh, the, off my programs. And I edited, uh, I edited them. Uh, I got a logo. I built my website by myself. I learned how to build my website by myself. I was, I remember uh, uh, through the hosting company that I have, they they offer uh, WordPress professionals to build your website, but they were asking like two plus thousand. I was just thinking to myself, uh, it's cool to have somebody build it for you, but they don't have my eyes. They don't have my vision. I was like, you know what? Take this as a opportunity to grow Devonte. There is beauty in the struggle. I didn't know anything about building a website, but now I I got one built, and I've done it myself. And it's nice to see your vision transpire to something real. And every day that I look at my website, I'm like, wow, I did this. I really did that. So there's always beauty in going into the path that's less traveled. Something to be proud of, definitely. Mm -hmm. And then are you planning to release more content, more crazy stunts, more programs? Or do you think for now you're going to focus on your studies, focus on 
nailing in Australia and then maybe coming back to that later. So here in Australia is very different than the States. So go, uh, they're very firm believers about um, separating family and school. So whenever they're at home, they're at home. No work, no nothing. You can't get in contact with them. So literally, I, I have class on Monday and Friday. And it's only one class. And then I have, a whole, I basically only have class two out of the five days of the week. Oh, well, I mean, two out of the seven days of the week. And so I got a, a lot of time to study outside of class. And that gives me a whole lot of time to build. So right now I'm actually doing one of my programs. I'm, I'm, I am four out of the 10 weeks done uh, creating, but I'm on week two right now. And it's, it's going to be the best program that I've built hands down because after uh, talking to a lot of my followers and everything, they, a lot of them just by their sports, I, I question things like how, how does your ankles feel, your knees, your hips, your shoulders. Um, based off of the sport that they play, I recognize common injuries. So within this program that I'm building now, I have exercises in them like that's built within the program that's implemented in it and it's got and it helps to bulletproof those common injury injured um areas because I, I have an understanding because I also go to school for this but school only taught me about 10% of what I know. The rest is life experience and researching it yourself. And so I'm building that and and I know uh like it's nice to be explosive and to compete at a high level, but what's the point of that if you can't stay healthy? Like you can be highly explosive but sit the bench your the rest of your life because you can't be healthy. So this is something that I'm trying to create in order to help athletes not go through what I went through. I remember whenever I got hurt um, during my sophomore year of high school, I was going to go to state and uh, one of the teammates that uh, he came back from rehab and then he went the wrong way on his move and then he tore my growth plate in my left ankle. I remember having to sit down and watch somebody compete in a spot that I was supposed to be in. And I honestly, to this day, I feel like it was on purpose because the the, the apology was half-assed. Uh, and I, I'm not a fan of fake apologies. Yeah. Like, like me, I'll never say something I don't mean. Yeah. I, I am very bold. I'm very upfront. And I'm blunt. Yeah. And, and so by me being a comeback, I don't want people to have to come back. I want them to stay competing because whenever you have to come back, you're going to have to face up. You, it's like you're going to have to face the things that you've been putting off. And so. Makes it harder for people, yeah. Yeah, some people, they don't come back. 
Yeah. They, they stay behind. And next thing you know, you got a talented athlete that went to waste because they couldn't get out of their own head. That that's one thing. That's why um 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 what you call it? Australia is a piece that I'm writing about in my book that I'm making. Uh, so I'm, I'm making a book about my life because yeah. I feel like everyone has a story worth sharing, but not many people are willing to tell it. And me, I understand that a lot of people, they think, oh yeah, things must be sweet for Devonta. He got 300 plus thousand people across his Facebook page and his Instagram. Yeah, things must be nice, but they don't know how much I had to go through. They, yeah. It's like, they see the glory, but they don't see all the ugly that I went through. They, they didn't see all the things that I went through as a kid, and that caused me to have to be really mature at a younger age. It's what you and said. So, it's what they don't see. It. That's what makes the success. Yeah. Exactly. Success yeah. happens when nobody's looking. And I know that everybody has their own battles you know, not, not everybody gets a perfect childhood or, or a good adulthood. But me, I want people to know, hey, that guy's a normal person. That guy isn't as, let's say, spoon-fed as we thought. He wasn't given the silver spoon. He had to get it out the mud. And, like, he was dealt not the best cards like me how, how i think is everybody gets dealt the hand of cards whenever they're born but it's up to you if you want to accept it or not me I, i'm a firm believer that you don't have to accept the hands that you were dealt so okay you could look at it and then you can give it back you'd be like oh no life i'm gonna do something with my life i'm not gonna let you depict the outcome of my life. That's why I also believe that nobody should hold the pen to your book that you're writing. And the book that you're writing is your legacy, what you want to be remembered from, and like your whole life. The pen to your life shouldn't be held by anyone but you. I agree with that, it's very powerful. And when can we expect the book to be released? So after Australia, I'm going to finish, I, I believe it's been a minute. Um, I've only written in it three or four times, but it has over 20 plus thousand words already. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But I say after Australia, I'll be able to put the final pieces together and... <laughs> And then I have to go ahead and get it edited, everything, and make sure I like how it, uh, make sure I like the finished product. And I'm a firm believer in not rushing things. Would like, you ever consider rusty, them? Sorry, go on. Oh, I was, I was just going to say, when it be rusting, you, you end up forgetting some of the things that's actually very powerful, if that makes sense. Definitely, yeah, because you don't want to fit have it unfinished and then have to do it in an episode two or later version mm -hmm. and would you ever consider doing a documentary 
Oh, that would be nice. I just don't know any uh, camera people. <laughs> I'm sure we can find something here in London. Yeah, that would be time, great. Yeah. Definitely. Like, I, I've, wanted, I've wanted to be able to let people see, like, me and the grind time hours. Like, people constantly ask me, bro, when do you sleep? Yeah. Uh, do you even sleep at all? Like, <laughs> I just seen you in the gym. You're back? When did you sleep? And so I, I feel like it would be nice to let people into a day of my life where they see me waking up early in the morning, how I go about my day, and what grind time really is whenever you see me wake up at this time and I go and get it in the gym, and then I make sure that I'm productive. I, I feel like... It's nice whenever you get the workout done early. And I also like to to be done before the sun rises. shows up. Yeah. Yes, before the sun rises. It's like, oh, dang. It's a constant reminder whenever the sun hasn't rose and you're already done of how many people are sleeping on you. It's a constant reminder. It's like, oh, the sun's sleeping on me. Just like the world just like the world is so you gotta give uh, you gotta give them something to wake them up absolutely no definitely on your way back from australia if you stop by in london we can arrange that and you can get a few collaborators in there as well and show everyone what grind time uh, means awesome that'd be nice yeah for sure that's if the spiders don't get you you're talking to us before about the spiders and the creepy crawlies <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's not talk about that. That spider was huge. I swear, whenever I seen that spider, all this muscle went out the window. It didn't mean nothing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I wish that I, I had the reaction of the guy that came off the elevator. I was like, hey, bro, watch out. And he looked down and said, oh. <laughs> that spider was big. I think it was a, a huntsman spider. Like, okay. those spiders are, uh, I think it's the biggest spider here in Australia. And what's crazy about those spiders is they're able to fold themselves flat to fit in cracks. That is, and, yeah, that's information I don't need to know. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so Usain Bolt, his top speed, he's able to reach about five uh, body lengths at his top speed. These spiders are able to reach, I believe it's 40. So let's just say they're really fast. So your 60 meters uh, wouldn't have much. It's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could not outrun one of these. Oh, <laughs> if, it would definitely help you get that 80 inch jump, huh? <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. They jump too. <laughs> Do they? Oh, no. No chance then. <laughs> yeah, let's just say if I catch one in my room, it is its room. It's not mine no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. One way to be evicted. Um, <laughs> amazing so I normally wrap up these episodes with a few questions um, okay so we'll start with uh, what's your biggest fear my biggest fear yeah and you can't I, say spiders uh, <laughs> <laughs> my biggest fear is not living out my purpose that I was placed on this earth for amazing and what keeps you awake at night uh or daytime when my, you sleep <laughs> 
So what keeps me awake at night is um my my mind constantly thinks. Um, so whenever I try to go to sleep, my mind will be like, "Hey, what what can we do to get better than we was the other day?" Or sometimes I just be thinking, like, "Are you even moving?" Sometimes I feel like I'm being stagnant because you're not seeing results when you want. Uh, because I I know that a lot of us people we want instant gratification we want to see it now but it doesn't work like that and sometimes one of you you feel like you're stuck in a place you you actually have made more progress than you know and so is that, is that something which you think has been part of your early life and now because maybe you're aiming for even bigger things they take a bit longer to achieve Yes. Um, so, like, for, for an example, I remember um, I filled out this form uh, for the Rocks Titan Games. Uh, and the reason why I did that, because I remember my mom, she had this lump. And I didn't know if it was a tumor or cancerous or not. And I, I was really bothered. And I remember I talked to the lost breed, Anthony and Josh. I remember I, I talked to them on a the phone call and just like vented. And I, I let them know like, hey, like I'm really thinking about putting the whole college sports on the back burner because I don't know if my mom's gonna have to pay anything or how much it will cost or whatever. And so I filled out this form. And I remember that I got, a call back from the producer and they they were interested they just wanted me to do a a, a video to uh, and about and about me video to explain you know my life my background and fortunately my mom uh, she was covered and everything uh, it wasn't cancerous or anything but um I it just showed how fast I was willing to throw away what I've worked so hard for for my family. It's like there's nothing so powerful or, or like, you know, that could, that could replace my mom. Of course. Uh, at the end of the day, we only get one parent. If you got parents in your life, um, it's like, okay, yeah, I wanted to play college sports, all that, but that's not more important than my mom. At the end of the day, I only get one. Whenever she's gone, she's gone. All I have is memories. And so if I if I can stop my time from being cut short with her, I will. But uh, I remember I filled out the form, and I got a call back and everything. Uh, it, it was crazy that I had to turn it down for, uh, due to the color sports. But it was just nice uh, to know how much I was willing to let it go without even thinking for, if, uh, uh, for my mom. Yeah, you had your finger on the button before they even said to push it, yeah? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so you're very, you've got these loyal traits, very genuine person. I'm starting to see that. Um, and then I just want to do some word associations. So I'm going to say a word, and then I want you to say the first word that comes to your mind. Okay. Sports. <laughs> Life lessons. Pride. 
Humble. Education. Important. Family. Always. Injury. Eye-opening. Yeah, that was five, so, okay. And is there anything, is there any piece of advice you have for the 15, 14-year-old Devontae Wilson out there, maybe even watching your videos, following mm -hmm. you? What, what piece of advice would you have for him or her? Um, a, a, a piece of advice that I would give is don't try and fit in. Uh, for, for an example, a lot of people are trying to be somebody that they're not because that person got X amount of followers and they want to blow up. It's like nothing's more beautiful than you being yourself. Like you got a gift that they don't have. But if you spend so much time trying to be somebody that you're not, who's going to be you? Yeah. Nobody. So that's my biggest thing that I would, I would tell them is be yourself, focus on yourself, and really nurture your gift that you have. And if you don't know what that is, you will whenever the time comes. And if you had a choice uh, between going back in time and forward in time, any period in history or the future, which one would it be? Um, to be honest, uh, I would not go back in time um, because everything that I've went through in life is what shaped me into the person that I am today. And if I didn't go through those experiences, I wouldn't be able to give advice the way that I do because I would have no background experience of it. And uh, just to uh, elaborate some, I remember uh, in one of my classes, we was talking about uh, a situation of, hey, if you were placed in this situation, what would you do? And then I had a whole bunch of classmates say, oh, I would do this. I'll be, I wouldn't have let that happen. And then I got asked, what would you have done? I said, to be honest, I, I shed some light on the whole class. I was like, to be honest, I can't talk about a situation I've never been in because I could tell y'all one thing and then react completely the opposite whenever I get placed in that situation. And then that made people think. It's like, you know, you're right. I could say I would have slapped a gun out of a villain's hand and then like if it was pointed towards me and then whenever I get placed in that situation, I freeze up. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to have that opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Precisely. Okay. So I guess the next step for you is to survive Australia and <laughs> keep grinding hard because it is growing time. And mm -hmm. I don't know, the whole culture over there must be so different for you. You might end, you might yeah. end up staying there, who knows? Oh, gosh. Oh, funny thing about that is uh, one of my roommates, uh, so I have two roommates that's from Indonesia, one from Tokyo, one from Paris, and then the other is from Norway. And so the one that's from Norway, he was telling me how literally the day that he gets done with classes, he has to leave uh, his visa. And then I, I told him, uh, that's funny because my visa, I don't have a time to go. <laughs> <laughs> Savage, yeah. <laughs> yeah, make the most of that then. Yeah, so, uh, but I do have a flight uh, that's scheduled on the 10th. And what's crazy is over here, we're a day ahead of the States. So 
my flight is on the 10th here and I'll get there on the 10th there. That's pretty nice. Because of the, the flight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you won't lose the day. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> that that's like, it, it could be a, a mind trick because like, oh, wow. Okay, so I'll be there within the same day. No, <laughs> you're day ahead. Remind us again what you're studying. Oh, I'm studying exercise science. Exercise science, okay. Yeah, so anything regards to the human body, how it moves, or, uh, psychology of it, nutrition, that's pretty much what, what I'm going to school for. Interesting. So I've actually been listening to this interview between uh, Brian Rose and Jeff Cavalier uh, from Athlean X. I'm not sure if you... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a really big inspiration in my life. And, you know, his background and the way he incorporates science into exercise and training, um, I think... Jeff you know, Cavalier? Yeah, Jeff Cavalier. I mean, I don't know if you've, mm-hmm. you've seen that. And it's kind of... You know, if you're yeah. able to kind of match those two together and make it into something digestible that people can understand um Mm -hmm. i think that's amazing and yeah if you're on that track then obviously you being you and not copying others but i think that would be amazing yeah um because you have this uh, history of virality and then you come back with this educational side which is i think quite uplifting yeah um and what's crazy is how uh the the fitness industry in itself is saturated with a lot of fake people. Yeah. Like they, they don't know what they're really talking about. They'll sell, like they'll toss out information and target those that are not knowledgeable and they target the vulnerable just, just for financial gains. And that's one thing that I'm not a fan of, uh, which is why, I make sure that my content and everything, I'm able to explain why I pick what I pick into my exercises. And everything that I've put into my programs, I've tested it out multiple times myself. And I had family try it and friends try it. So I know for sure that if you don't see anything, it's on you. And I make sure that it's in my programs. You get out what you put in. So if you put in a lot, you can get out a lot. It's like, why, uh, for an example, uh, let, let's say there's, there's a high school athlete. He's like, hey, I want to I wanna play college sports. Well, you're in high school right now. You got to have a grind bigger than your goal. So if you're in high school, you better not grind like you're in high school. You better grind like you're in college. It's a whole little mindset. And I understand how the mental aspect of things is very important. If you change your perception, you can change your life. Your perception and your perspective, how you see things, how you view things, can change your whole life in an instant. Yeah, I agree with that. It's powerful. It's all about perception. And, you know, if you come in with a certain mindset, that those are the results that you're going to get out of it. If you come in with a lower league mindset, you're never going to have that Premier League mentality or Premier League results. And the people yeah. around you are going to feel that, right? And I think 
you talked earlier about how the micronutrients support the macronutrients and equally the people mm -hmm. around you need to be at a macro level and what you're doing now i think clearly is by going to australia you're surrounding yourself by more of the macro elements and people mm -hmm. who can lift you up exactly and people get afraid of throwing themselves out in something new and what they don't understand is if you don't try anything new you're putting yourself in a box you're boxing up your potential so it's like a growing pain it, it could be uncomfortable at first but you leave out a more knowledgeable person instead of me being in the states and finishing up my last semester in the states i want to go somewhere let me go study abroad for my last semester and somebody came and spoke to the class and it just happened to be australia i was like oh wow this could have been me perfect <laughs> and everything just aligned perfectly and that's how i know i was on the trip uh, to Australia, going to school for one of the best universities for the degree that I'm going for. And, and one thing about it is I do not regret it because I'm a big fan of taking a leap of faith. And uh, that, that's why I've been to five schools, five colleges. I've been to the University of Kansas, Fort Scott Community College, Concordia University, Chicago, Benedictine University and now Australian Catholic University. And it's not because I'm a bad person, a bad kid. My grades were great. Like, I, I, I was on the dean's list last year. I had a 4.0 for that semester. So with the whole grind time thing, I make sure that I let people know, hey, it doesn't mean just the gym, it's life. Whatever I invest myself in, I never have asked anything that I do because my work is a reflection of me. So what I expect out of you is what I expect out of myself. So all my programs that I've released, it's not easy. Nothing worth having comes easy. You got to work for it. Yeah. And that's why I really respect a lot of people uh, like entrepreneurs or or we can even go for like Amazon because Amazon started in a little office and then now it's a whole little empire. Well, not even a little empire, it's a big empire. And uh, I was just talking to my roommates about that uh, because they was talking about, you know, the corporate world and how it's more secure than you going to, uh, than uh, going down the entrepreneur route. And it was like, high risk high reward for entrepreneurship but i i explained to them whenever you get employed by somebody because i i let them know i will never work for somebody but i will be happy to work with somebody there's a big difference working for and working with yeah and and uh they said that the corporate world is more secure and then i told them they give you a salary for you to accept and giving up on your dreams to build theirs. They pay you to give up on your dreams and build theirs. That's how I see it. They tell you when to wake up. They tell you when to go to sleep. By the time you get done working and you get home, you're too tired to work on yourself and what you want. 
And I understand that a lot of people, they lose themselves because they never got to connect with themselves. Because we're constantly being filled with tasks. And the more tasks you get onto your plate, the further you are from being able to connect with yourself. For an example, let's say you got a, a family, you got kids, you got a job, and then you do all those, and then you got life stressors, you got the news, all this stuff that distracts you and pull you away. I'm not calling family distraction, I'm just using yeah. it as an example. example. Yeah, yeah. And the more time that you focus on all that, you really don't know who you are. You haven't connected with yourself. And it's very, whenever you connect with yourself, it can be a very powerful tool. And also, whenever you stop accepting what's being told with you, uh, told to you, for an example, I remember having a doctor try to prescribe me medicine that I knew wouldn't have helped the condition that I had. Instead of just accepting it, I questioned it. And I also dropped knowledge. I understand, uh, I've seen where, uh, situations where doctors, they'll use big words, big terminologies in order to, to, um, to, to intimidate the patient, to not ask questions, just accept. Whenever you start asking questions, things change. It's like, oh, wow. Okay, usually people, they just accept what I say, but you're questioning it. The moment you start opening your mouth, the moment your life changes because you are able to dissect the BS quickly. Uh, the, uh, like I was telling my mom that because she just accept medication and everything. I was like, mom, you should really start asking the side effects asking why you're being prescribed it instead of just taking it because the pharmaceutical industry it it is not as sweet as it may seem some it's oh yeah drugs are meant to help us when they really don't know drugs just mimic plants but they come with side effects it's like let's say you got depression you got these antidepressants okay now you're not depressed no more but now you're suicidal so well, dang, that's a big trade-off. Yeah. But whenever you just eat your plants and all that, it naturally does what drugs do. Because drugs mimics what plants does. But they come with a whole lot of side effects. Yeah, we can only hope that there's more education on the plants in the future. So there's more yeah, awareness there's, there's and a, knowledge. Yeah, there's a um a lot of herbalists that actually cures symptoms and diseases through diets yeah there's a lot of um, uh, doctors that actually do this and that that's that right there gives me hope just like whenever you have people like athlean x or greg doucet they uh for an example greg doucet he's targeting a lot of the big fitness industry people and dissecting the BS that they drop while educating the people that comes across his channel. And what's crazy is I've been following him for a long time. 
But to finally see him get the recognition that he deserves on YouTube is great because that gives him more of a crowd to educate because he got a master in kinesiology and he's able to pinpoint trash. And, and he puts in quality work because he's somebody that really has invested it in himself. He's done plenty of research. He can back up with articles, all this stuff. If we have more people like that in any industry, then the world could be a whole lot of a better place instead of people that's just diving in there because of they're in it for self-financial gain. Lack of education, lack of preparation, but they, they want money. And you think that and people such as your clients or people out there in general, do you think they're willing to be patient and listen and, and look for the best results? Or do you think they just want quick fixes and um, after a while their patience might, you know, expire and they might just, you know, give up on everything? Um, I feel like uh, it varies because yeah. you got people that come in with different motivations. Um, so, like, as time goes on, I understand that if you make something cheap, They'll probably pay for it and never use it. But if you make something just a little bit pricey, not not super high, not super low, but like right in the middle, it's like, oh, dang, it's, it's 50, 60 bucks for that. Okay. Do I really want to get that? Because if they have to think about it and pay for it, they're more than likely going to do it. And I'm a big fan of over-delivery. Give them more than what they paid for. So they come back? Not even just come back. It's, it's all about quality over quantity. Mm. I would rather have 10 people pay $60 for a program than to have 100 that pays five because those that get the 60, they get everything. And they're more than likely to do those programs because they paid. a. A, a decent amount for it it's like how much are you willing to invest in yourself because you can't really put price on your health yeah and and me i don't want to charge an arm and a leg like a thousand bucks or 300 bucks for a diet plan and all this i've actually had people ask me hey hey bro uh, what you got any uh like how should i be eating and i tell them this i will never tell you how to eat because I don't want to tell you how to live your life. I can give you guys like tips on, okay, like uh, for an example, hey, uh, you can uh, try adding in sea moss into your diet or cook it with pink Himalayan salt because it got 84 out of the 102 minerals. That, that's what they say. And, and um, or hey, uh, are you deficient in vitamin C? Uh, there's this nut in Brazil that's called Camu Camu. It sounds goofy, but it has it has 760% of your daily recommendation for vitamin C per 5 grams. That is a load of vitamin C. It's like I can give guides, but I would never tell. It's just like um, 
let's say if I have kids down the road or when I have kids down the road and they're, they're coming to me for guidance. Hey dad, like, what should I do? I'm going to be that parent that explains both situations. Hey, okay. I went down this route and this happened, but if you go down this route, this could happen. Now you make your choice. I will always support, but I want them to learn by making their own choices. Yeah, empowerment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think when we have our part two, if it's not the documentary in London, then I think uh, we'll have to have a part two again where we discuss more the nutritional and business side and some of the more effective models that you've experimented with in order to deliver more value to your clients and people out there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I definitely think there's a lot of positivity in what you've said and uh, it's, given chance, it's given people a chance to see that you're not just some kid who went viral and can't live up to it. You are planning things behind the scenes, you're writing mm -hmm. a book, you're, um, you, you know, you're training people, you're coming up with more effective, innovative training styles and your dream and passion goes beyond the football pitch. You know? mm -hmm. It goes into exactly. empowering people and improving the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. You know? mm -hmm. um, from my side, I would love to see more collaborations between you and other people, um, yeah. especially within this field. I think if, that's, if I had to give you one piece of feedback as a fan, that would be something now that I have you face-to-face. -face. Um, but otherwise, yeah, any more viral content to be released, uh, don't hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Even if it's involving crocodiles or spiders over there, man, don't hesitate. <laughs> Like right now, uh, I'm just waiting on my my tailbone to fully heal up, and for me to be consistent in the gym, uh, so that I'm able to put, uh, set to prepare my body for what I'm expecting of it to yeah. be able to do. Um, because I, I understand that injuries happen when if you put unprepared muscles, tendons, and joints. In situations that they wasn't prepared for mm. so you got it's all about preparation it's just like cooking yeah you got to prepare the food before you cook it yeah you prepare the body before you toss it in the situation absolutely as they say um, the language of muscles is tension so ah. when you uh when you when you speak too much tension that's when the muscles get fed up so you have to have that mm -hmm. right balance. I was always told that the muscles can't read the number on the side of the plates. Actually, I think Jeff Cavalier said that, you know, so you have to understand that if you're overcompensating, that's going to have consequences down the line. And I always try to train smart, but then that part of me always says, but Martin, you can always do more. You can always do better. You can always jump higher. Try this, try that. You saw it on Instagram mm -hmm. the other day. Why are you not pushing yourself? And that's when you kind of have to take a step back and think, but that could lead to some unwanted consequences. That's when you could be sitting down and seeing that person playing in your position. And we mm. don't want that. So yeah. Um, balance. Yeah. Balance. Glad that you said that. I was just about to say something about yeah. it. Balance is key. For an example, um, whenever you pick up a weight, let's say you're right-handed and you pick up all your weights with your right hand, 
you are subliminally causing an imbalance in your body because when you pick up one way and then you walk to go uh, use it, you're neglecting your left side. And then think about that over years. Your right side is more dominant than your left due to you favoring it. So within my programs that I'm doing now, I break, I give you a chance to eliminate those imbalances. Yeah. Uh, for an example, single leg movements. You can't, you can't favor one side because one side is going to get exposed. Yeah. The side that you've been neglecting is the side that you're going to struggle with. But struggle doesn't mean forever. It's yeah. temporary. It's all about building balance. So what, uh, for an example, uh, uh, like, like I said, the weight, picking up the weight. Uh, if you pick up the weight going to, let's say, bench, bring it back on the opposite side. Do this in your everyday life. You got groceries. Make sure that you, let's say you always put, uh, get them all in one hand. Make sure you put it in the other hand next time so that you're equaling out your body. Yeah, I think people need to pay attention to these small 1% details because those mm-hmm. 1% aspects, they could be adding up over time, as you said. And yeah, an imbalance here creates an imbalance there. And then before you know it, the struggle's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I've learned that uh, last semester. Whenever uh, w- one of the, the clients at the gym that I was interning at, he's very into martial arts, and he, he dropped that comment on me. I was like, wow, I never thought about that. So since then, it implemented, it implemented itself in my brain. I was like, wow, that's one thing I really took from that internship balance and the fact that he was like yeah uh like he asked me like you know what side do i favor and all that and then he explained i was like oh wow makes complete sense i think on that note i'm gonna wish you a good morning is that right is it morning there now yeah yeah Yeah, it's the morning time but before you let me go, I got one deep question to ask you. Go for it. Whenever it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? Hmm. It has to be lifting any entity. It doesn't have to be just people. It could be processes. It could be people. It could be um, the ocean, the, the land we live on, the animals into a better situation improvement because there's a lot of people out there who think the world is doomed we've done damage to it people have been corrupted whatever lots of negativity and there's ways to prove that's not true very easily just by making that positive shift and that's the legacy i want to support okay i like that um what one thing is always stay yourself because there's not too many genuine people like us that's in this world full of corruption and negativity definitely stay being that shining light that you are 
because you can enlighten and show people that good people really do still exist, which is hard to find. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. No, absolutely. And hopefully a lot of people who have doubts as to whether they can have that impact shine through and come out and, mm -hmm. you know, deliver the maximum potential, or even half the potential they have to offer. I think mm -hmm. that's also something that's that's important, just by having these discussions and people listening. Exactly. Exactly. Because the conversation doesn't stop when we stop talking. You know, things mm. carry on. Things yep. people talk behind the scenes. There's, there's uh, people sharing stuff. There's people bouncing on certain things we've said without realizing it's triggered something in someone's mind. And we've all been there. We've all listened to podcasts. We've all listened to interviews. We've all read books. And something mm -hmm. that the author, the presenter, the interviewer, the, the guest has mentioned, don't even realize it. Bang. It's like a seed in the mind. Yep. And uh, yeah, I'm a very spiritual person. So the higher power, uh, not, not the higher power, but your higher self. Your higher self is the one that talks whenever your mouth is closed. Just like you said, the conversation doesn't stop whenever your mouth is closed, it continues. So just because your mouth is closed, that doesn't mean that your higher self isn't talking. It's the one, it's the voice that talks in your head whenever your mouth is closed. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. That's good stuff. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot for coming on. I really enjoyed talking oh. to you. Uh, super genuine yeah. um, there's a lot of stuff that I wasn't expecting to talk about we touched on it and we went deep um, mm -hmm. love to have a part two further down the line and mm -hmm. yeah as I said always welcome in London definitely get some something together get the camera crew we've done some video podcasts in the past and we might go back to it in the future um, but yeah don't hesitate to reach out to us uh, for anything yes yeah yeah same likewise Thanks. and since it's good morning over here it's good night over there huh? yeah dinner time <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot man uh good night and enjoy your dinner man it was great talking to you thanks man take it easy oh you too cheers